0: Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. What is shaking?
1: I have no answer for that one. I wasn't expecting that one today. (laughs) Things don't shake. That's weird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Okay, yeah, I
1: was all prepared for what's up.
0: Oh what? Well, what is up? Is anything it's
1: too up? Late. The time has passed. It's go- it's over.
0: There we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. All right. Well, this is a show about colored pencil, where we discuss one of the fastest growing mediums on the planet. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about color theory, and there is so much of a history lesson that I should just go get tea now and take a nap. <laughs>
0: That's true. I was going to recommend that. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, not a lot here. I mean, and we are going to uh, culminate a lot of these things into uh, discussing how this applies to colored pencil. And I think that's kind of exciting. But, you know, the obvious question is, why does it matter? Why should I learn color theory? You know, as we start out as an artist and a drawing artist in particular, one of the things that we're primarily concerned with when we are a beginner is our line art. And then secondly, we move to um, shadows, shapes and values. And then the last thing that we uh, usually try to tackle is color. And if we're a colored pencil artist, that is a primary concern, especially
1: because we can't just easily go over it if we mix a color and it looks terrible we can't just paint over it as easily as another medium could so knowing this beforehand can definitely help you out
0: all right so how do we become more competent with color once we are in that spot where we feel like hey you know i really do have a a firm a firm enough grasp and we are always constantly learning more about color but if we have a firm enough grasp on color then it can be very powerful So one of the things I think that this does is it can give you just the confidence that you need to make decisions very quickly. Secondly, I think it puts you in a position to change your color palette in your piece when you look at your reference and you don't have to be a slave to the reference. And then thirdly, I think it can it can keep you from creating a muddy kind of look in your piece accidentally.
1: And that's really important.
0: Okay, so as artists and as uh, realists or artists that are concerned with representational art, then, you know, we can be overly concerned about an exact color match, but we do want to, you know, we, we can be overly obsessed with getting the correct color all the time. But it is something that is a good skill to learn and to be able to uh, identify what might be distracting instead of what is lending itself to a complementary balance to the whole piece so the relationships of colors really do matter and an exact color match uh, is a good skill set to have in your uh, tool belt
1: i do want to throw out there though don't if you're listening to this and you're new to colored pencil don't let the stuff we're talking about overwhelm you to the point where you're like I can't do this. I just can't do this. Because if you focus on your values, you can get away with color not being exact and it's not as big of a deal. So I just want to throw that out there in case anyone's getting scared going, oh, I give up. You don't have to. Your values matter more than anything else. You can have the most amazing piece if your values are right. I mean, you can paint someone's purple or skin purple and it'll still look realistic if your values are right. So don't let this overwhelm you. This is just... Stuff that you can add to your current uh, tool bag set skill. I'm throwing out words that do not make sense.
0: No, toolbox. it makes, it makes sense.
1: Toolbox. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm, th- I'm going somewhere with that. And I can't think of what it
0: is. No, you're exactly right, though. I'm glad you said that. Um, And we don't have to look very far either, do we? Back in history, uh, look at Caravaggio. Uh, often he would just have very strong values. And he would have maybe one or two. Uh, well, many of his were nearly monochromatic. and But he still had striking, striking oil paintings that are just so breathtaking. All right, so... What is color? Let's review this very quickly. Color is light, is what it is. And so we classify different types of light based on the wavelength. And we go from short to long wavelengths. And there's only just a very small set of wavelengths that we can actually see. And so a violet wavelength is much shorter. And then we go to the very opposite end of the of the spectrum, and that is our red wavelength. And it's much longer. The other thing that plays a big part in this, though, is our perception. So we, you know, because color is constructed not only outside of us, but it's also something that we, uh, through our filters, through our senses, our eyes in particular, right, that gives us the interpretation of what that color is. And that's the reason why we have rods in our eyes and those um, predict to, to us. It gives us the values and then the cones, which give us the interpretation of color. And then that sends a message to the optic nerve and so on and so forth. And we make an interpretation. Hey, that's a a red or that's a yellow or whatever. So our interpretation of color then begins outside of our mind. And it's influenced through our filters that we have individually. You know, and a scientist may look at a color and say that it has an objective reality But the colors that we perceive to a large extent, they do not have an objective reality. We mix that with our own perception, our own, um, you know, you can fill in the blank right there. But we make an interpretation on what color is. And so color is wavelength of light. And it's the actual hue of the color is just a reflection that is not being absorbed. Look back to your science class and you'll probably remember some of this. But white is actually all the colors that are being reflected back, and black is all the wavelengths of light just being absorbed. That's the reason why your mom always said, you know, wear your white T-shirt whenever it's hot outside. Don't wear, don't wear black. You know, black will absorb.
1: I never said that, ever.
0: So, saying. <laughs> and how we got to this is, uh, and I'll, I'll just say this very quickly, but I think it's kind of fascinating. Isaac Newton, uh, many of us think of him uh, as, you know, figuring out that light was being bent uh, when it passed through a prism. Well, they knew that prisms would uh, portray a uh, colorful rainbow whenever they put sunlight through it. But what he figured out was that uh, if he bent the light and he only put it into its distinct separate parts, he took just the blue and he took another prism and would pass that through uh, that it did not portray a rainbow anymore, and so he figured out you know okay this it must the light then must contain all of these separate parts, which was kind of genius for the time. His first experiments were not so great i mean he when he was uh, a lot younger, he took a knife and stuck it behind his eyeball and uh, between the bone and his eye socket and tried to get to the back of the eyeball to see what would happen. So he figured out that's where color is originating. <laughs> so anyway, that didn't work too well. Surprised he didn't go blind when he did that.
1: why? Oh, look, I made a pun and I didn't even intend to.
0: So if I'm looking at a yellow banana, then all the colors... Except for the yellow, are being absorbed in the banana, and then those wavelengths are being released in the form of energy. and that's what we call heat. That's where that comes from. Okay, history lesson over. We made uh, it through it.
1: <laughs> and now I can take a breath. It didn't even
0: last very long.
1: <laughs> All right, it really so- didn't. <laughs> You're just fun to pick on
0: colors. They can be um, they can convey meaning, right? I mean, if you're an interior decorator, uh, that's something that I guess they probably concern themselves a lot with. I'm not going to really talk a whole lot about that, but just to say Yeah,
1: and I mean, when you look up what colors mean, it'll mean something different to by a anybody different who's written anything about it, so right.
0: it's, <laughs> it's like it, it can get a little silly. It
1: can give me certain emotions when you see it, but like their meanings of it, I it kind of right. always makes me laugh because it's like it completely changes depending on what you're reading.
0: Yeah. And it depends on the person too. Some people yeah, love also true. warm colors and some people love cool colors. Yeah. All right, so value we spoke about that just very briefly. The light and the dark, an example. I was talking about Caravaggio, how that he used a lot of contrast, used a lot of value, and very little color. Uh, moving along, then about uh, talk about saturation for just a second. Then there's purity and intensity of a particular color, and that would give us the basic or the most truest hue of that particular color. And if you look back at the 1800s painters, they got their hands on some very strong pigmentation Uh, their oil paints they were able to actually uh, portray some really bright and vibrant uh, colors and uh, Monet with the poppy fields is a very good example of that you can tell very quickly that he wanted you to notice the poppies uh, in that field and then Hugh well I guess maybe we should have mentioned that a little bit earlier but i think we all probably know what that is that's just the recognizable color the color designation that we uh, attribute to a color red blue purple violet whatever all right so next we're just going to talk very quickly then about some application here and some color matching how this relates to colored pencil so the next time that we are drawing our piece, one of the things that we do when we're done with our layout or even before that, prior to starting our project, is we're going to start thinking about color, right? We're going to think about what colors we want to use, whether we're going to do an exact match uh, with our reference photo or if we want to push that or lean it in a different direction with our colored pencils than what we're seeing on the actual reference photo. And, you know, how do you go about making that decision? And I know for a beginner colored pencil artist, this can be overwhelming at times. But I, I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to this and you are a beginner, that not to get overly stressed about that because it really does not matter all that much. I feel like that if if you have a good line drawing and if your values are, are good, if you pay more attention to those then what happens is you can relax just a little bit when it comes to the color. And you can make some decisions and not have to be hyper-focused on exact color matching and get it just so precise that you feel like it's flawless. You don't have to do that. You don't have to stress out over that portion because you paid more attention to what matters the most. Line drawing, secondly the values. And then remember, thirdly, you stack that with color. As long as the line drawing and the values are good, you're good to go.
1: You may want to focus so much. And I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see artists make, especially early on in their their artistic journey, is that they focus so much on the color. If their artwork doesn't look good, if their portrait doesn't look realistic, they think it's because they got the color wrong. Pro tip it's very little to do with it. It right. almost always comes down to your your contrast, your design. Mm-hmm. your All of these things matter so much more, your values. It's funny. If you ever get a chance to go to an art gallery, a smaller art gallery, where it's A lot of amateurs who are displaying their work. Take your friends with you. Watch what paintings and drawings your friends are drawn to. Usually, it's not going to be the painting or drawing that has the most accurate color, the most well-drawn, accurate drawing. It's those with the, the real high contrast and a great design or concept. Those are the things that Mm matter so much more when you're creating your work. The, The people, the viewers who you're, you know, hopefully wanting them to be the ones who want to look at your work, they don't really necessarily care that it was the exact right shade. That contrast in design, that's what they will be drawn to. Every time, and it's always interesting to me to go to a gallery with people who are not artists and see what they're drawn to.
0: That's so funny you say that because it wasn't all that long ago that a friend of mine at work he was show the uh, he and his wife went to New York and he was showing me some of uh, the paintings you know that he looked them up online and showing me some of those that that they got to see. And then we were just looking at some different art pieces. All the ones that he loved, I just didn't care for. I liked the ones that were a little more washed out and real subtle differences in vibrancy and color and that sort of thing. And he liked these real bold and the ones that just popped, you know, just really... the average buyer doesn't know
1: color theory. They don't know color balance. They don't know that you didn't draw that perfectly. I mean, I'm not saying that those things don't matter. I'm saying... They're not as big of a deal as you might think. So don't let them stress you out. And the thing with color theory, if you talk to most professional artists, they will tell you, I don't think about it. I didn't study color theory. I don't really think about it. Why? Because we've practiced over and over and over again. We just kept drawing. And if something doesn't look good, yeah, I'm not going to mix those two colors again. But we learned it from trial and error. We didn't have to memorize some, you know, 400-page color theory book. We just practiced. We learned as we went. And we had some really bad pieces, too, and, and not everything is going to be a winner. That's a part of the process. Don't be so afraid of the color that you don't try something again. If, it, if you did something and you're like, wow, that yellow came out muddy when I put it up against this blue. That was just not the look I was going for. So don't do that next time. Don't freak out about it. Just don't do it next right. time. You just learned something that no book can teach you the same. you're. I That didn't come out right, but you're not going to learn the same from Reading it as you will from experiencing it. You've got to try it. You've got to be willing to fail and mess up and try again. That is how you're going to learn the most for as far as what colors look good together and how to balance things out. Then when you go back and you read books on color theory, they're going to make so much more sense to you because you're going to be like, yeah, you know what? I experienced that. Now I know the reason why. I knew it happened. I just didn't know the science behind it. So when you go and read that book, then it's going to make so much more sense than if you start. Start out in your art career trying to study color theory with no experience.
0: So true. After a while, it will come just this instinctual knowledge of what you should be doing, what you should be using, what colors uh, should be the opposites. And and you'll cultivate this, this natural sense. It'll come to you just quite naturally.
1: And you won't even realize you're learning it. You won't realize you're mm-hmm. doing it. And someone will ask you how you knew to do that. And you're going to be like, I don't know. I just did. You did because of your previous experience. Right, And that experience is just so, so important in the learning process. You can read all the books you want. You can study all the math behind everything. It's not going to help you as much if you're not getting the experience, the firsthand experience of doing it yourself. So be willing to fail. Be willing to mix colors that look terrible. Don't let it stress you out or upset you. That's a part of the process. And it's such an important part. It's such an important part of the process.
0: Absolutely. All right, so next week we are going to be talking about more practical application of color theory with colored pencil. And we're actually going to be talking about some things that Elisa and I have actually learned uh, over the years. And I think you'll really get a lot out of how to apply some of these uh, key concepts. As always, the show notes can be found over there at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And I want to end with a quote. Rainbows are visions, but only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. Kermit the Frog said that in Rainbow Connection. All right, we will talk to you again next week.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's
0: episode. All the show notes can be found at com. What am I saying here? Hold on. I
1: don't know. Maybe you went to take the nap. <laughs>
0: I should have taken the nap.
1: (laughs) I did. I had a two-hour nap. It was amazing. Oh, shut up. (laughs) I woke up an hour in and said, nope, I need another hour.
0: Oh, man.